Hello, Julian. Hello, Mike. Hey, do you remember the vet, Laura, who's going to ride her tandem round the world? Of the world record attempt? Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever happened to her? Let's ask her. <gasps> Just get her in. Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Ho. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. Laura, how the hell are you? <laughs> a bit tired. <laughs> Sorry. Really? Is that, you had a hard day, did you? <laughs> Not today, but yeah. I had 180 days, yes. <laughs> what have you been doing then? <laughs> oh, you've been on your holidays, Hollywoods, Hollywoods. Yeah, yeah, been on holidays since last week too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice. what did you do on your holidays then, Laura? Yeah, did you go somewhere nice? Yeah, only um, 21 countries, yeah. Is that all? Is that all? Yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all I can mention. Uh, <laughs> Laura, Laura, listen. Thank you so much for coming back on the show so quickly after you after your yeah. trip. No, that's, that's okay. I got booked in pretty quickly. You guys are pretty efficient. <laughs> well, we, we've been counting the days, and uh, we can say to Alicia, as soon as she touches ground, we've been following. Call her. We've been following. So the media poor. A poor fool out there who didn't hear your, your, your time with us last time and, and is wondering what on earth you did. So tell us, what are you Yeah, what are you I was about to say, if anybody's been... just tuned in, they'll be like, what yeah. on earth? Am I on the wrong podcast? <laughs> so, Laura Massey Pugh, yeah. thank you so much for coming on Fickery Ramblings a second time, <laughs> about 180 days or a little bit more after the previous time you went on. What have you been doing in that intervening period? Yes, yeah, so I, I was a, a small animal veterinary surgeon and for some reason I packed it all in to go and cycle around the world on a tandem bicycle in 180 days with my husband to break the Guinness World, make a new mixed Guinness World record. Um, so we set off from the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin on the 5th of June and we mm-hmm. got back in on the 1st of December. Wow. And that's it in a nutshell, I think, yeah. All right, well... Oh. Thank you very much for coming on. And if you've enjoyed the show, yep. then... <laughs> yeah, by all. So yeah, a mixture of records. I, I know one of those records is... Um, and it's is a mixed record, the, yeah. The, well, one of the records is cycling behind the beardiest man in the world. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. I should probably apply for that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Another one should be spending six months with with your, your married partner, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and another After one should be for sitting behind somebody with Giardia for up to 10 hours a day. Oh, oh dear. Mm. Oh, that's not good. Because, mm, of course, yes, the, the veterinary profession will understand yeah. the implications of that. Absolutely. So how, how far into the trip did, uh, did that shit start? Sorry, did well, that? <laughs> <coughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure happen. he picked it up in Giardia, but he managed to incubate it nicely to Thailand. And um, I think the, the second and third bouts occurred in Australia. So, yeah, the, the consequences were, were long and far-reaching, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. Turn the trail brown. That's that. That's really unpleasant. I've had Giardia. It's it's not nice. And, and actually, God, I, I can hardly walk mm. when I had Giardia. And he's mm. cycling. I don't quite know how. He almost fell over at one point. But yeah. Wow. Good. That's, I mean, as, as as if it's not hard enough. Yeah, I've plenty plenty of challenges along the way. Yeah, I mean. Giardi kicked off a whole load. So that he, he then lost a load of weight. So then he got saddle sores. And because he got saddle sores, he changed his position on the bike. 
so then he got a, a knee problem and yeah it was yeah and then there the, all sorts of <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't think of that. you probably would wouldn't you mike you think yeah. of that but I, I wouldn't but i can't i'm I not suppose... i can't tell the story of the saddle saw because it's <laughs> I, I, I told You've probably it, never I, been on the bike for long enough because you're so living fast. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not going to tell stories. I want to hear your story, Laura. You left Brandenburg Gate in June. Was it a dark and stormy night? No, that was glorious. It was hot, Excellent. but it was. A, a, I don't know if you you can remember, mate, but that was the first time it had actually been hot. So we we were almost mm. suffering with heat stroke on the first day because we weren't used to the heat. We hadn't been able to train in the heat. We hadn't been acclimatised and suddenly we threw ourselves into, you know, a hundred mile ride in, in, it was probably only high twenties. So it was nothing compared to what we, we did end up cycling in, but because mm. the temperatures in the UK have been struggling to make double figures by that point, it was suddenly like, wow. <laughs> Europe was good, but yeah, Europe is always hilly and challenging and kind of, Potter through, got to got to Asia, feeling quite pleased with ourselves, and crossed over mm. in Istanbul. Right. Turkey was fairly straightforward, apart from we um, had a puncture gate there, as we call it, where we um, I think it was seven punctures in twenty four hours. Ooh. Due to wow. a tiny, tiny little bit of metal that um, we eventually had to kind of dig out of the tire after. A lot of detective yeah. work so yeah that was uh um and oh, then God. in turkey as well we found out that the azerbaijani land border was closed and the oh. plan was to go from georgia to azerbaijan and cross the caspian sea into mm. the sands so that was the first major reroute right that's that's a that's a huge reroute mm. my, my geography is actually pretty bad but as, as luck would have it, I, I did world all today <laughs> And um, was looking at that area on Weldall, which is a, a daily puzzle about geography. And so I know, you know a little bit more today than I would otherwise have known. That's a, a long way, isn't it? Yeah. So we, um, yeah, we, we, it was either wait um, a very long time for a flight to Kazakhstan at that point, or um, what we did was extended the loop in India. So we spent more time in India than we intended to which, um, yes, as I mentioned, had a range of knock-on effects because India, mm. I would say, was our most challenging country by far. So we spent a month in India in the end, which was epic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why, why was that particularly your, your strongest challenge? What's, what is it about India, cycling in India? It's, it's just so different. You know, the culture is just so different. And there's you know they, they have little stalls that sell like crisps and things like there's no shops as su- such it's either like a packet of crisps or a full-on restaurant mm. and then culturally it's just lots of little things that um I think if you're there on holiday or if you're touring and going slower you'd probably take it all in your stride a bit more when you were racing like we were um it was yeah a big big challenge one of the big biggest things is is their selfie culture is just completely inexplicable um, they are absolutely obsessed with selfies to the point where they put themselves in harm's way to get a selfie with you. And they won't want to know anything about you. They want to know where you're from or what you're doing. They weren't, you know, they didn't take any details. They just had to have this photo. Um, we saw two mopeds crash in front of us because the bloke was trying to take a selfie. Cloud <laughs> into the other one. And they just got off and dusted themselves off. And that was completely normal. Nobody batted an eyelid. Nobody, you know, no. Nope. Wow. Well, yeah. so you had two mopeds crash in front of you. Yeah. Luckily, they go 
they're pretty slow there um so we had mm-hmm. a, another motorcycle disaster which was not so good but yeah it was um very low speed nobody was seriously hurt mm. but it was it was literally because somebody is trying to drive a moped and they're swinging their their camera around <laughs> trying to get that that and it is apparently it's a very cultural thing because it's such a visual society it's almost you know it's it's a status symbol there and you know that's just something that I just could not get my head around it's just so different you know from from you know anything we do on the roads yeah I think that's right isn't it they used to devote one one rule of the of the house to to, to, to photos to selfies mm, um, and, yeah. as, a, as a sort of trophy war yeah well, I say that usually I, 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 I <laughs> the, the two or three people I spoke to about this it, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it was. Mm. Yeah, it was absolutely obsessional. The, the selfies. Yeah, and Incredible. yeah. Well, so did you have four square curries a day? Um, yeah. probably. Yeah, we probably did at some point. Yeah, it was very much curry for, and there's different variations to the South Indian food as well. But yeah, we um, we we and we we rejoiced every time we came across a Domino's pizza and things like that, which seems very sad, but after you've eaten <laughs> curry straight, to, you know, you just want something you can eat easily. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, where, where's, where's your neck for the question? Well, I want to hear about the Food. motorcycle. Oh, yes, yes. Bad crash on the motorbike, was that? Yeah, so that was, so after India, we went through Thailand, which was um, Stevie's first bout with Giardia, so that kind of <laughs> put a bit of a dampener on that and we just got over all that we're just finding our feet again and you know we're like right here we go settling in and we went into Malaysia heading I think we're three days out three days four days out from Singapore Mm. and in Malaysia they had kind of bigger bikes and they went a lot faster and it Mm. it didn't feel as you know India kind of potted along Thailand was kind of in the middle and Malaysia they just seemed to be pushing the limits a lot more and we're cycling along and uh, two kids on motorcycles essentially racing. One of them pulled around a car, didn't see us and ploughed straight into the back of us. And it ripped the panniers, the bike bags off one side of the bike. Oh we God. were very lucky to have a soft landing in a grassy verge. But um, yeah, I had a huge chunk out my elbow and some bruised ribs, but it was it could have been a heck of a lot worse. So that was a oh God, could. very could. scary. Yeah, so we had to put the flights back to get to Singapore and all sorts. So, mm. so, so what happened? I mean, the motorcycle hit you. You yeah. ended up in the ditch. Yeah, they kept on going with one of our bags still attached to them. They finished up about 50 metres up the road, <laughs> you know, came off as well. <laughs> one of the kids had got a huge chunk out of his leg too. He'd not come off very well either. And oh, gosh. Yeah, it was... <laughs> so were, were there emergency services there or...? Uh... No, people people did pull over to help, and some of the locals were extremely helpful and very very kind. And they, you know, mm. helped us get a hotel and helped me get some dressings and things like mm. that. You wouldn't have the option of taking time off to to heal or anything, would you? Well, no, and that was the thing. That's why we, you know, we we could have called you know police ambulance things like that. But because I'd kind of got a doctor that was semi on call and things, we we did everything as much as we could by ourselves to kind of yeah. stay on track. And we figured out pretty quickly that these kids weren't really going to you know they nothing was going to happen it was yeah, yeah it, you know people, they, they were just going oh they're just kids they just have fun and we're like maybe not that much fun and maybe yeah this might be something you... but no <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. odd isn't it we're so used to the, the insurance yeah scenarios the legal ramifications yeah what what you don't realize is that laura's a cyclist julian <laughs> 
and cyclists, <laughs> cyclists just pick themselves up and get on with it. I, I cycled into work uh, for, for about three days in a row. It was about 10 years back, thinking I'm going I'm to cycle in every day. That's it. Cycling. Third day, I got knocked off uh, by, by a white van and uh, landed up in the ditch. Completely unheard, I have to say. You know, if, if, I, if I can indulge myself, maybe a few little bramble scratches. And um, uh, actually, I did ruin a pair of Bridgedale socks because they got caught in some brambles. But, but, but that's me gone now. On, on, on cycling on roads, can't do it anymore. Lost my nerve completely. And, and you get wiped out by a Malaysian joyrider on a powerful motorbike, get up, brush yourself off, have a, have a nice rest in the hotel, you're off the next day doing how, how many miles a day? It was over 100 miles a day average. Yeah, but then okay. that included, and I've yet to figure out what the daily, you know, if we take out every day that we didn't cycle on, if that makes sense, every day we got a flight. But even without that, it was over 100 miles a day average because we did a bit extra as a kind of a buffer distance. So, yeah. yeah. And that's... And I just want to confirm, it wasn't one of those electric bikes, was it? No, there's no boat. So many people went, no, oh, no. it's electric, is it? No, no, it's not electric. I did. I was being an so aunt. So many people, so many people were kind of going, oh, where's the motor? <laughs> like, they really? I'm the motor. <laughs> right here, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, so, so the logistics, you, you, you mentioned there putting the bike, the bike on a plane. Yeah. This is a tandem. This is twice the size of a normal bike. How does that work? <laughs> so it's um it's got couplings which are kind of um special joints in the middle, so it separates in two, so it fits into two standard bike boxes. Um, oh, I see it. Yeah, I've got a picture of it up here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. But wow, it's not cool, not as it? simple as just unscrewing it and taking it apart. You have to take the brake off from the back and you have to still spin the handlebars, you have to take both seats off, my handlebars off, you have to take the pedals off, you have to take the disc brakes off. I forget what else. <laughs> but okay. yeah, it's, it's not just a take it apart, shove it in two boxes job. It took up to three hours to package. From wow. Okay, you say from a logistics point of view mm. that you were carrying these bike boxes on the back on a trailer, were you? Or? <laughs> no, so um, I had to source those as well. So every flight we had in advance, I'd have because we we were we had to ride to the airport as well. So we couldn't ride to a bike shop, package it, and then shove it in a taxi. We we're not allowed to use taxis to, to travel. So we oh um, right no no yeah yeah. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. like to make it a challenge. Um, so but because I had to, otherwise, if I'd done that, I'd have I'd have arranged to to go to a bike shop about a thousand miles from the airport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> packaged it, got a taxi. You know, I'm cycling around the world. It's fine, got the bike in the back. It's fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> so I had various wonderful people from from that around the world that um, came and met us at airports with bike boxes, um, and then I think one of maybe I think it's just one occasion in the end that we put the bike boxes in the taxi. Which is always mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing? So you pay for the, the bike boxes to get a taxi to the airport, and then you ride there yourself and leave the boxes there. Wow. <laughs> How many flights did you take? It was, well, it's ten, 10 flights in total, but six actual like flights, you know, mm-hmm. some of which were two flights of connections. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned so, so flying. Um, uh, 
portions in total were. Yeah. Six, I believe. Yeah. Six. So you mentioned Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So you flew to Australia. Yeah. So where did you fly into? Uh, We flew into Perth. Okay. And then you rode? Across Australia. All the way. Round the coast? Brisbane, yeah. So we went the south coast. So we went through the Nullarbor Desert. Yeah. That's not renowned for being um, temperate, is it? Um, <laughs> no, it was getting, and Australia had a really late spring as well. So we mm. got there and it's absolutely, because we've been in Asia for, ooh, you know, about a month and a half by, yeah. by that point. So it was getting close to zero degrees. So we thought it's absolutely freezing, got none of our warm kit. We were like, oh my goodness, because it was an unseasonably mm. late spring there. Um, the Nullarbor wasn't too bad, but it got very cold at night. Mm. We only ended up camping the once. So that was was not too bad but and do you have to carry your tent with you or you have yeah yeah the tent came the whole way yeah tent sleeping bags mats yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm crying inside i'm putting a brave face on but i'm crying it's a very inside. lightweight tent they come a lot lighter than they used to you know all the mm. camping stuff was absolutely spot mm. on and yeah we kind of all all the camping stuff was pretty much in all the front panniers so and a couple of down jackets that sort of thing so mm-hmm. and then the, the back was just everything else we needed yeah. At, at the end, so you've cycled 100 miles, mm-hmm. which by any stretch of the imagination is not an easy thing to do, and certainly not day after day after day after day. So you finish your ride of your 100 or 110 miles or whatever it is, you get off your bike, and then you pitch your tent. Yeah. Talk or you, you, might, you might have had to stop at a shop, do the shopping, and then pitch your tent and then cook your dinner, and then try and psych yourself up to get in a shower. Although that didn't often happen if we were camping. No, I was, was going to say, it's, uh, <laughs> right. forget that. But yeah, camping was actually, you almost got a bit more downtime because you often didn't have any facilities or internet. But even staying in a hotel, you'd you'd get in. I might then go and pick up a takeaway or walk to the nearby shop, um, get in, have a shower, wash your clothes, because of course there's yeah. nobody washing mm. your clothes for you. So washing your clothes every day hanging those mm. up to dry, um, potentially cooking dinner in a microwave in the hotel room. That happened a lot. Eating dinner, updating all the socials, um, planning the route, checking the weather. It takes um, us jar of medication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Checked Stevie's bum sores, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. <laughs> it's not a huge amount of time to watch Netflix before bed, let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. So, so you're, you're doing all this. Yeah. You're, you're really busy. And um, Monsieur Labarbe? So Monsieur Labarbe has been driving the bike all day. So he has had more mental focus than I have. Right. So the deal right. always was that I take on as much as I can off the bike because he has. Yeah. And it's not that I'm sitting on the back of my feet if I still have to pedal, but even holding the bike and, you know, if things like a crosswind day when you've got gusts all the time or if you've got bad roads, he's had to navigate that or we've had to do night work. So night riding is always trickier. Mm. Um, yeah, so... No, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I think of night rider. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kit, right turn. Me? Certainly, Michael. Sorry, night riding. Yeah, no, that, I imagine that would be trickier. I'm trying to find an easy way out of this, but... My God, 
Uh, so it's quite a, it was, I think it was a fair division of labor in the end. Yeah. And sure. as I say, because he was, he was suffering a bit more than I was with ailments at the end of the, of the trip. So, you know, we'd be, we stuck with his legs in the air with a frozen packet of peas on his knees and things like that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Is, is he over the Giardia now? Yes, that- we've, yeah, we're, we're going to get a few couple more checks, but yeah. Sure. In the end, um, we thought he'd had another recurrence and it turned out it actually made him lactose intolerant. So that was yet another fun game, was trying to fuel a six foot two man with 8,000 calories a day that now cannot eat milk. Yeah, yeah, and cheese, presumably. Not a- yeah, 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 and cheese, and yeah, and had a, a, an addiction to Mars, bar bre- Mars Bar's breakfast cereals and cheeseburgers at that point. So. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> Carbohydrates, he needs fats. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You, you got to have but What did you do I, with that? Um, got inventive. Go on. <laughs> I think we ate a lot of pasta. I'm trying to think what we did eat at that point. Yeah. Um, um actually because we're in New Zealand, so that was really good for um dairy equivalent milk. So they did a lot of lactose free milk. Oh, right, um, right. Yeah. Soy milk so, and stuff. No, no, just um um cow's milk with lactose. I don't know how they get the lactose out of the milk, but they do. Um right. yeah, okay. uh, so. they probably use galactosidase, don't they? Probably, yeah. If you say so. But yeah, um, and yeah, any anything and everything I could get down him at that point. So yeah, lactose free chocolate, all sorts of things, anything that. Sure, sure. Yeah. And so, have you had to have full medicals since you got back, just to make sure that the um, stuffed your kidneys and things, or? <laughs> no, we haven't had checked. <laughs> not, not that we're no, they're fine. They're fine. I'm sure it'd be okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so what were were there special treats that you allowed yourself if you made certain targets or yeah i mean <laughs> you, you, you must have you had could. some some self-motivation each day because i know when, when i was climbing mont blanc um and it's nowhere nowhere near what you did but my climbing buddy and i would say okay look, for every initially it was for every thousand feet we do we're gonna have a little cup of tea mm. or you know when it when Going got a bit tougher. Okay, we can do fifty meters now, and then it's it's a blackjack for each of us. Yeah. Or a, or a you know, for a rocher or something. Did you do that sort of goal setting uh, treaties? Yeah, and that's you know it's a good, we use that sort of technique before, and it's a great technique to go right. You know, you've got a pack of sweets, but the problem is because we're eating so much, you know, consuming so much and fueling so much, you almost get a bit sick of eating food. Yeah. So it's the novelty of being able to eat as many Mars bars as you want, which wasn't exactly true to me, but it's more true for Stevie, wears mm. off because it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, what else can I? So I think, the, yeah, and breaking the distance down every day was key to keeping our sanity. You know, you couldn't start each day worrying about doing 100 miles. You usually worry about where breakfast was going to be. Um, right. We aim for about 30 miles down the road. So, yeah, I think the breaking it down was a bigger thing. Um, my big treat would be listening to usually podcasts, sometimes your podcast, ah. <laughs> which, I wouldn't, which I wouldn't allow myself to do until 50 miles in. And mm. that was my, my kind of rule to myself was, you know, I don't, I do, you know, as attritional as it was, I didn't want to kind of miss everything completely zoned out, just listening to veteran ramblings on repeat. So, I can't it, believe if you I, said that, Laura. <laughs> I can't believe, if, if, if I don't make 50 miles by lunchtime, I'm going to force myself to listen to an hour of every round. I cannot believe you just said that. Yeah, 
But Stevie doesn't <laughs> listen to podcasts or anything like that. So he's not, it's not his his kind of, and he, he has to be a bit more focused on the road. So course, we've not, we've only got um, earbuds. We haven't got bone conductor headphones where you can kind of hear. So um, unless it's very, very quiet, he can do any of that. So I'd be kind of trying to sneak my earbud in and he'd be trying to talk to me and I'd be like, pretending I was, I was you know, fully aware and listening. Mm, and yes. Yeah. Not fully engrossed in whichever podcast I was on. So, yeah. so, so how does Stevie stay focused? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Just sheer determination. No, I think it. I think it's very hard. And yeah, mm. um, we, you know, we both have times, and particularly places like the Nullarbor and the Prairies. Oh my God, the Prairies just go on and on and on, and mm. it was just yeah, you know, very hard to because. The problem is you run out of things to talk about because mm. you're both going through the same thing every day. Yeah. You can't go, mm. oh, did you just pop down the shops, dear? Oh, you know, did you see so-and-so? No, yeah. we've been through exactly the same experiences. So we've got no news, nothing, you know, yeah. new or different to talk about. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard. Incredible. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the reason I'm, pausing is because i just I'm, I'm so absolutely gobsmacked i think is the term to use at, at how desperate things might have got at times i mean 180 days we we, we throw in the, the thing away 180 days around the world is quick 180 days when you're living through it is a long long time mm. 180 days when you're pushing yourself to the very limit every day every single day mm is enough to make most people stop forget it mm. um, and, and we got to the back end of canada and people were going oh you're almost there you've basically done it you've only got europe to go going, that's 1800 miles <laughs> it's, <laughs> I've still got 18 days that's over two weeks that's like lansing john O'Groats and back and you know that's that's not a short distance you know and we were, yeah. we're trying to kind of pipe down all these people going oh you're nearly there guys and it's like no no we're not it's well, a that, long long way <laughs> that's classic that's classic north american i'll say isn't it because they <laughs> they perceive that uh well they'll go to land's end because they've got two days in london yeah, yeah. They, they they just assume that they can they can do this sort of thing did, did you feel when you got back to Europe that you'd got home? Was that that you were nearly home, that um, you were in familiar territory? It started to feel more familiar because, like, I'd been to Portugal before, so I kind of recognised that. Spain was a bit of a shock. Spain was very Spanish. And it was um, – I've never really been to Spain, but because we were – obviously, we went, like, right through the centre, so I think we are off the beaten track a bit. Um, I think I had to utilise all six words of Spanish that I'd learned from various pop songs and things like that. Because people just, yeah, there's very little English. Um, and, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the food was all different and they all completely did do the tapas and, yeah. Dos, cervezas, por favor. So what's the... Yeah, that's about the key you know. word, isn't it? <laughs> what's, what's, what's the sixth word? I, I, I just had a sudden glimpse of uh, faulty towers. Manuel, there is too much butter <laughs> on those trays. No, no, Mr. Faulty, no, it's on those trays. On those trays. <laughs> Incredible. I, I, th- there's just so much, Laura, and and I don't know. Can we, can we do a quick fire quiz with you? Quick fire question with you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, this is going to go. Right. This is going to go bang, 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 bang between yeah. the two of us. 
Okay, so right. So thinking of your trip, what was the most boring part? <laughs> oh God, I failed already because I don't want to offend <laughs> anybody now. Um, I'd, I'd say the prairies were not stimulating. Mm. Okay. No, no ground dogs. No uh, interesting shape cacti. What was the most exciting day? <laughs> Apart from seeing the Brandenburg Gate. Um, probably in the Rockies, um, yes, the mountains and, yeah, going, like, uphill and downhill. Yeah. Okay, so from uphill and downhill then. So how, what was the fastest speed you got to? Um, I think it's actually in Turkey somewhere, and we definitely touched 50. It might have been 51, 52 miles now. Wow, so that was just a two-hour day. <laughs> I wish, yes. It lasted <laughs> for all about three seconds. <laughs> Okay. And what about the slowest day, the, the day that things just didn't seem to, to go at all? <laughs> so many. Was, was that Malaysia um, when you got knocked off? Well, no, we sped up pretty quickly then. Um, no, that was luckily at the end of the day. Um, mm. So I think I think it was one of the days that Steve is ill and it took us, it seemed to take us all day to do about 40 miles into a headwind mm. in Australia. But we definitely had days where we were below 10 miles an hour and mm. it was just a battle. Getting back to Malaysia, if you were dragged along by the motorbike, technically then, did you have to walk back to where you weren't dragged? God, don't tell Guinness that. (laughs) I did did have to get back on the blooming bike to ride to the the hotel, though. You know, it was obviously so wired in my brain that I I was kind of limping along with going, I really hope I've not broken these ribs and sat on the back to get to the hotel. Yeah. You're a cyclist, Laura. You can do that. (laughs) You can do that. So be quiet. Be quiet about that, Julian, because we don't want Derek going, hmm, 50 metres in Malaysia. Hmm. No. I think think we've got enough of a buffer to cope with it. Excellent. Excellent. It's not Roy Castle doing anymore, is it? Yeah, absolutely. So go on. Poor Roy. Poor Roy. So what was the what was the longest steepest climb you did? Um, it would probably be one of the ones in the Rockies. I'd have thought that was. I mean, that was our the high point of the trip. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, that was yeah the, the, the toughest. There's a few in Europe as well. We had a few kind of good kind of passes from. So yeah, within the first day, getting from Germany to Czechia, um, we went past the ski resort. That's always a good sign that you've. You've achieved something. Oh, and in New Zealand as well. Yeah, we went past the ski resorts in New Zealand. Yeah. Really? Oh, well, okay. well. What about, what about the most tiring day? I mean, I reckon, I reckon every day for me would be, well, it's too tiring. But, but was, there, was there a day that you thought, no, that's it, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm chucking it in. We, we, we've, we've done enough. I think a lot of days finished like that, and then somehow we managed to drag ourselves out of bed in the morning again and I think yeah the tiring day you know when it would for whatever reason something would have happened or and if we're getting in eight nine ten o'clock at night to somewhere that was yeah and the penultimate day we got in <laughs> I should probably tell the whole story of the the yeah in the last few days of our trip which mm-hmm. um kind of put a bit of a spanner in the work so we had I think three days before we finished we had some horrible horrible icy rain um and it was just so cold you know this is late november in europe by this point so yeah. mm. we had a 
Oh, got in the distance now, but it's well under distance for what we're meant to do. I think it was six something miles that day because Steve was basically hypothermic and we saw a hotel and we just had to stop. But we know it, we knew it put us in serious jeopardy for making the 180 days. So after that, we really had to kind of push on to have any chance of making it. In the meantime, our re- rear wheel bearing gave way and started making a horrible, horrible noise. And we, we tried to push it on and Steve got them all out. And he was up to two in the morning one night, kind of getting grease into what he could and trying to kind of limp them through. And we thought we were going to do it. And then um, I think the, f- yeah, not the day after the, that day, but the day after that, we um, mm-hmm. kind of had to kind of stop. <laughs> And it was like, we can't go anywhere until we've got this fixed. And by uh, luck has it, we stopped at five in the evening. Does, yeah. So we stopped at five in, in the evening and um, I, I figured out which bike shop had the part already. I'd been doing that kind of on the road. Every time we stopped, I'd been checking in. The manufacturers um, of the wheel bearings, I hope, and they'd already helped us out in Canada with the new part, but they'd located some about 50 kilometres from us. But it would be a massive diversion for us to ride there. So we stopped at 5 p.m. with a wheel that wouldn't work anymore. We got it taxied to the bike shop because they were open till 7. Because Germany opening hours are, are such that they had evening opening. Right. They fixed it all. They got the wheel back to us by 8.30 at night. We got back on the bike and rode to midnight to our pre-bucked hotel, which had a key code so we could get in. Got in, <laughs> had some food, went to sleep. We got up at four o'clock the next morning and rode straight to the Brandenburg Gate the same day. But if we hadn't made any of those connections, we wouldn't have made the whole 180. It would have been a day late. Oh. I got stressed enough watching uh, Michael Palin's Round the World in 80 Days. He, he had a film crew with him, didn't he? <laughs> he, he kind of felt that, that despite the fact that he was, doing a good oh gosh i don't think i'm gonna make it he was probably okay but there was just the two of you and friends you have i'm sure very good friends around the world that that were able to give you some small amount of assistance but it's all down to you in the end Mm. and the 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 level of commitment is is still Um, staggering we would have still got the record if we'd been a day or two late we could have been lots of days late but because we'd set our heart on this yeah. 118, because that's what we said we were going to do, we were both of us, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, we were both of us I, determined we were going to do our utmost to, to get there. I get the impression, though, that if you'd thought, well, we said 180 days, but if we, if we rest for a couple of days here, we'll still be record breakers. I get the impression if you'd done that, then you would have just quit. I think it would have so, slipped and it would have slipped and it would have slipped. Yeah. And it would have, you know, been put but you know and every, the problem was once every time we'd overcome something to stay on that 180 you know particularly after the moped incident in Malaysia and after Steve getting sick in Australia and yeah various other things along the way every time we overcame it it made it harder to quit on that because it's like well why, why do we do all that if we're just mm. going to give up now so <laughs> by the time we got to day 179 it was like, wow, <laughs> sod it, we might as well, you know, all chips in kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So do you, do you have, um, do you have a, a sort of a thing, you know, say it, write it, do it? It's, 
because that's you sort of set out the yeah the definitive blueprint for for goal achievement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you haven't thought about it, have you? No, um, <laughs> no, and uh, <laughs> I think I kind of knew. I, I yeah, I kind of knew once we we kind of said it and things like that. Particularly in Malaysia, and I think the first time, so because we did what's known as negative split. So at a point in Australia, we were six days behind that target. So from the accident in Malaysia, we're two days late for our flights. So we had to put the flight mm-hmm. back two days. And we, because of the changes to the route, we made other changes in India due to the monsoon and being sick. So we were at the equivalent of four days down of distance that we needed to make up as well. Right. So we were six days down from that target at just around the halfway mark. So we then had to do six days faster in the second half than we had in the first half. So, but at that point, we stopped talking about the 180 for a bit. Right. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we dared. I don't think either of us, I think we both knew, you know, each of us had never kind of given up on it. But, you know, to at that point, to, you know, with me with kind of bruised ribs and Steve with Giardia and mm. six days, it just sounded ridiculous to go that we're, we're still pushing for this. Mm. But we made a bit of time. We picked up the pace a bit in Australia. And, you know, once we got through that and we got a bit of extra distance in New Zealand and then it was really in Canada. And we had some flying days in the prairies, for example, um, as much as it's still very, very tough in other places that we were like, Right, I think we're going to do this. Wow! We carried on from there. Yeah. So, how I mean, many times did you argue? Uh, <laughs> one hundred eighty. <laughs> Just once a day, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many questions, but yeah, most of mine, most of Mike's, actually are sensible questions that, that revolve around cycling. Most yeah. of my questions, <laughs> when, I, when I go on holiday, and let's face it, you know, a lovely holiday, um, when I go on holiday, I think, what about the geography of the area? Have I seen anything I really like? What about the food? Are there any restaurants that stand out? And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack those in turn. So um, um, Malaysia, I, I went to Malaysia for my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't cycle. No, we did. We did. We hired bikes for a day. And I crashed over the handlebars. Uh, I, I said to my wife, I said, do, do be do be careful. Don't go onto the sand because you'll. F- ah! I went onto right. the sand. <laughs> Front wheel caught over the handlebars. I went. So so yeah, we did do that. So cycling for me in Malaysia not good. But the thing that struck me in Malaysia were the uh, the palm oil plantations, palm tree. Yeah. Did, do you see those? Yeah, there was loads of those, and that was so. Of course, we we missed pretty much anything touristy, holiday things like that. People yeah. would message us and yeah. go, "Oh yeah, there's this." monument up there or you know oh there's a great winery for lunch down there and i Mm. that's that's lovely thanks (laughs) we'll just ride on past it shall we um but one thing we did see or particularly i saw from my back seat would be the yeah the geography or the agriculture the the farming as well was was very interesting but yeah palm oil Mm. plantations in malaysia were were massive um and yeah, you know, getting into Australia, particularly New Zealand, and seeing a very familiar landscape, um, you know, like the sheep farms in New Zealand and being able to identify cattle breeds and things like that. I found that mm. really interesting. And 
yeah. yeah. But then to see the scale of, you know, the arable in, in um, Australia and Canada was absolutely immense. Mm. And mm. yeah, there's all sorts of little things like that, that you did kind of piece together this kind of tapestry of the, of the world by seeing it that way. And, and the and the wow moments. I'm putting you on the spot. There must have been so many each day uh, that, that that kept you going. Because without those, I'm guessing you wouldn't really have any any positive feedback on it. It's a yeah, drug. and you would get you without, know, and right, <laughs> we rode through the sunset far too many times. But like the sunsets in Australia were glorious and. I say we did camp for one night in the Nullarbor Desert. That was quite exceptional. And yeah, you know, whenever you got to a coastline or a mountain top and things like that, you you did get a treat. But there were some days as well where literally it, there would be nothing. <laughs> you know, it would just rain all day. Yeah. And it would, yeah. we had some horrible weather in Europe and it was just heads down. Oh, and we didn't see Holland. Yeah. We you didn't see Holland. Holland. We rode through Holland in the dark. I've, I've done that. That'd be very upsetting for some of my Dutch friends, I'm sure. Yeah. But you know, I'm sure it's a lo- I'm sure it's lovely. The 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 path seemed very flat and, and smooth, but I can't say much for the views. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. How much weight did you lose? I'm not sure I did. Really? <laughs> so so there's Mars bars did the trick, didn't they? <laughs> so which I, I think is great. I think I did really well there to maintain. Stevie has lost um a lot of weight. I think we think to be in the range of 15 kilograms. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that's <laughs> okay. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you this question. Uh, uh, because from from the cycling perspective, uh, I've done a number of long rides and I've done a, nothing anywhere in comparison to yourself. And I've done a number of multi-day stage races and things like that. What did you dream about? Um, what like like not at night, but like at, <laughs> no, at night. At night. Um. Oh goodness, I think it was a lot related to what was going on at the time. You know, you'd be thinking about finding hotels, mm. or you know, where you're going to stay, or having to to cycle somewhere to get somewhere. And yeah, I think it was all. I think we were very much in the moment a lot for that whole yeah. time period because you. Yeah, you, you kind of didn't want to burst that bubble. Well, you're in you're in your own little cocoon, aren't you? Moving mm-hmm. across the countryside, and yeah, you, you're so totally focused on achieving your goal and making the next hundred miles or making the next ten miles. I'm sure at times. Mm. But um, interesting, interesting. Well, I, I asked. I only asked the question, Julian, because <clears throat> in the middle of a a, a multi stage bicycle race, you. You almost forget that you're sleeping. You 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 don't realise that you're sleeping because you're really? dreaming about the race, or you're dreaming about what's happened, or you're dreaming about what you're hoping to achieve the next day. All related to the race. So it becomes a continuum. It's, just so it's a difficult continuum. then to break. Twenty four hours a day, mm. and it just it it's just still didn't... a relief to wake up in the morning and not to go straight into the same routine. I kind of wake up and you know it's I you know I'm always like right kettle on it oh oh no hang on <laughs> you know yeah. I don't need to go straight into the get back on the bike as soon as possible. Well, you've had a routine, a rigid routine for 180 days. 
And that's, that's you know, there's been no time. weekends. There's no weekends. There's no holiday in that. It's, that's right. It has been, and you know, there's been the occasional flight. But yeah, apart mm. from that, it that's that was quite trying in itself. Is yeah, to do something consistently for that amount of time is something yeah. I'm keen never to do again. <laughs> was there anything that, that you really, really missed? Oh God, loads of things. Oh God, Go pick, <laughs> yeah. pick, pick two, pick two. <laughs> Sleeping in the same bed for two nights in a row. No, um, that's too easy. That's too easy. It? I'm thinking. I'm thinking of something like yeah. I, I really, I really miss a fine rum steak at Giorgio's. He could do a good one. Something, something yeah. out of the ordinary. Something, some treat, some specific homespun thing. Mm, I say I would say pizza, yeah. but then I got quite a lot of good pizza in the in France. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but it would be it'd just be like little like just having casual clothes to wear, mm. you know, just being able to throw on a hoodie and jeans. Yeah. Um, not having to do your own washing every night in a shower. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and being able to, um, we went to the supermarket. Um, I, I don't normally take Sidibi to the supermarket. He normally comes away with a bottle of whiskey. Um, but we went Good to get man. some <laughs> for some yeah. reason recently, and. And put stuff in the trunk. He goes, "Oh, what, what about the weight? Don't buy anything too heavy." You know, we've got. I'm like, Steve, we're not on the bike anymore. I can buy as much heavy shopping as I want because we have a vehicle outside that can transport it. Um, because yeah, constantly, constantly worrying about you know the weight of everything you're buying and the food and how far you've got to carry it and oh. yeah. Oh, and yeah, not having to book a night's accommodation every night. That was oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, been there, done that one. Yeah. But not for 180 days. I, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's definitely not. Okay, so you, you very quietly said, keen to never do it again. Yeah, I think this is, and, and, and I, I know this, this does get said, but I, I think this is our Everest. I think, you know, we've put everything into this mentally, mentally physically, mm. financially. <laughs> you know, mm. it's been mm. extremely expensive. and. I, you know, I certainly will do other challenges. There's certainly other things that I want to do, but I don't think I'd want to do anything similar to this again. I think it is okay. it's completely a one-off. Yeah. So what next? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Find a job. <laughs> well, you're not going to take 180 days off then? No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Um, um, if if you're anywhere near West Sussex, we've got a job going. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it will be. I think like the evidence processing is going to take a while. And you say like a, a book, maybe some speaking, maybe some. You know, I've got a lot of video footage to get through things like that. So um, yeah, I'm going to be doing like bits of locating things. And I'm look, I'm going to try and mix it up a bit in the future as well. So I'm kind mm. of looking at other avenues and how I can kind of milk this for all it's worth. And yeah, <laughs> you'll have to stop giving interviews for free then, Laura. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, after this, yeah, I know. Well, well, you know. Those that supported me, you know, beforehand, it's uh... yeah, yeah. But so the, the the book is a is a thing, isn't it? You must do one. I, 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 I oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to pre-order a copy. <laughs> I'll put your name down. <laughs> if you could, I want it by March, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, that's that's. <laughs> I haven't asked too much. 
Okay, well, I want to book in 180 days from now, if no. I could, please. <laughs> a bit more realistic. <laughs> so, so you're back at you're back at the grindstone, then you're back in the consult room, back in the operating theatre. Um, yeah, I will be. I've, I've, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of, uh, I'm doing some night shifts coming up just to break myself in gently, obviously. Night shifts, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Night shifts to break yourself in gently. <laughs> okay. Of course you would. Of course you would. And have you been out on the bike again? Um, only kind of commuting to the shops, um, things like that. But the, the first time I got on it, um, I, I had anticipated it might not be quite the same, but I completely underestimated it. So. <laughs> It, it took me about twice as long to get to where I was planning to go, which which was a yoga class that I then missed because, oh, because I, it was a because it was a not a unicycle, sorry, a bicycle. Yeah, yeah, because it's normal, and I had to steer it, and the, the, oh. you know it moves in funny ways, and yeah, it's all wobbly. <laughs> and of course, the weather's atrocious as well; so it's freezing cold too. So I had a complete panic because it was yeah. icy and cold, and yeah. And the yoga class was only twenty miles away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a fifth of a, a fifth of a day's cycling away. So, since since we spoke uh, back in um, May, wasn't it? May, yeah. um, I got infused, got my unicycle out of the uh, out of the shed, oh, and, uh, and, and and practiced. I'm, I'm still not very good. <laughs> I couldn't quite do a hundred yards in a day yet. Okay, because I was going to say I don't know if you mentioned last. There is a unicycle world record. Around the world, you, you've learned nothing from me, Laura. Have you? <laughs> His missus might hear that. Yeah, <laughs> she, she'll tell me off. She will. You That'd know. be a great idea, Julian. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I've got life insurance. You want me to do it? <laughs> I, I said. I said a few years back. Um, I saw my practice, and uh, I said, "Yeah, if we make a bit of money out of this." I wouldn't mind doing Everest. And there was so many silence and selfish bastard. What? What? I said, you, you'd die, wouldn't you? You'd die and you'd leave me a widow, two young children. I I think if I saw if I told her I was going to unicycle around the world, she might say yes, actually, now, because it's a few years now, on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she probably would, actually. <laughs> no, forget that. Forget what I said. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did you keep the same saddles for the whole thing? Yeah, the Brooks, yeah. Saddles ah. are fantastic. I think I've broken them in now as well. Yeah, they're beautiful. <laughs> broken now. in now. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. To, just to explain to the non-cycling listeners yeah, and to, to Julian here. No, 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 no. My climbing buddy has a Brooks cycle. Your uh, Brooks saddle the, on his cycle. Yeah. The hard, handmade leather Brooks saddles that uh, that take 180 days <laughs> and approximately how many miles? Um, 18,078 was my most recent total. And 18,078 <sighs> miles to wear in. Then they're very comfortable and they almost fit you. <laughs> no, they fit. Do, do you have to treat the saddles? I mean, do, do you put leather treatment on or anything during the? Um, you can do. <laughs> we didn't take any with. Oh, I think we had a very small quantity, which um, got sure. melted. Yeah. So, and uh, um, yeah, I think Stevie ended up using a little bit of lip balm on the edges. Mm-hmm. You know, figured mm. you know mucosa leather. Mm. Was there anything you took that you didn't use? Um, 
probably only things that we're very happy not to use, like the kind of um, the trauma kits, the, the tourniquet, the nasopharyngeal tube, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think we had some emergency dried food that we managed to keep to the last day. I was quite proud of that in terms of provisioning, but the emergency food didn't get touched until the last evening. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Think that was about it. and you know various spares and repair stuff yeah. yeah there was nothing that didn't you know we i don't think we took anything we felt was excessive um apart from one item i obtained in canada which called a bit of controversy what was that canada so tin cans in canada like can of beans in canada they do not have wrinkles right so oh. we had a, a rather lightweight flimsy multi-tool which did have a can opener on it but we risked severe laceration every time we used it so yeah um and i forget every time so i'd come back with like four cans because all motels in canada apparently have microwaves so you can do quite a nice can 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 microwave dinner mm-hmm. and i forget every time so I'd come back with a load of cans and we then spend the next half hour trying to hack into these things and <laughs> <laughs> on about the fourth or fifth time i think i got to the end of the supermarket was walking down the kitchen utensils aisle, saw a can opener, looked down at my basket and went, oh, God, I've done it again. And I thought, sod it, I'm buying the can opener. (laughs) (laughs) And for considering that Stevie weighed every single item of his tooling before we left, and he cut the handles off tools, he trimmed down tools, Mm -hmm. everything was weighed in and out of our kit. And this is like, (laughs) you know, your standard supermarket plastic Mm -hmm. Not massively heavy weight, but it's not the lightest can opener in the world. Did you did you cut down your your toothbrushes? No, we did have the foldy up ones for hygiene reasons because yeah. yeah, hygiene versus yeah. weight was a yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs> so. we, we've done that. So my, my I mentioned climbing, and my climbing buddy and I always talk about going alpine light, and then um, we we talk the talk, and then we think, well, yeah, okay, fine, but actually, what if one of us breaks an ankle? You know, let's let's, let's take the say the bothy bag and we always end up taking way too much stuff that we never use which does slow us down a bit but we always think well okay but we're up there safe and actually a lot of times we've been in in snowdonia and places like that where we've needed the stuff for other people Mm. because we've been in situations where we've Mm. we've we've come across people who are inadequately dressed and have had problems and we've um, covered them in blankets and Chop, chop limbs off and fed them to them, you know, just yeah, to, to that's keep sort of things. But, but actually, you you don't have that option. There's no altruism when you have something like that. No, and, yeah, we, we had to um, – and, in fact, it came to play quite massively. We were uh, in New Zealand, and it was, it was another day absolutely pouring, um, and we hadn't got our kind of waterproof and winter gloves yet, so – I think I just got a very thin pair of gloves and, and we, we were both wearing um, marigold gloves on our hands mm-hmm. because we had nothing else. So we stopped at the supermarket and we purchased these beautiful marigold. Uh, um, we're bombing it. We've got, I think, about an hour, half an hour to get into this hotel. Um, it was another occasion where uh, Steve was, was, you know, on the verge of hypothermic by the time we got him in. And um this lady flags us down for this car on the side of the road. And so, so we stop and she goes, my husband's having a fit. I'm like, oh my God. So I've got Stevie standing holding the bike, shivering. I'm like, he's, he's <clears> going to go any minute. 
but you can't just so I checked the bloke was conscious and he was a bit mm. out of it but he was breathing and upright and everything and I said to him look you're gonna have to flag the next car you can't stop us here we have to go we mm. are freezing so I flagged the next car for as soon as the next and there was a petrol station across the road as well but as soon as the next car stopped to get on the bike bomb it to the hotel um <laughs> I threw Steve in the hotel room and I ran to the shops to get the food and, and yeah, mm. you know, and I got back and he's stark naked, shivering and laughing. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> get in the shower. And yeah, it was all fine, but it was just, yeah, yeah it was one of those ones. Sure. If we stopped and waited, it would have just been. There, there has to be a certain selfishness. Now, I mean, that in the best possible terms. But it's self-preservation. You can't, if you yeah. create two casualties, it's Selfishness was the wrong term. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, I know what you mean. You've got to think about helping yourself before you can help somebody else. Mm. Yeah. You well, could have given her a marigold and said, put that over his head, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> You've had 180 days, Laura. You've, you've been on the on veterinary ramblings before. <laughs> yeah. I know where this is leading. <laughs> you know where this is going, do you, Julius? <laughs> I've got a rough here. So, so have, you, have you prepared a 60-second CPD for us and our listeners? I've tried. It might not be entirely relevant to the veterinary profession because guess what? I've not done. <laughs> it was a no. bit of a stretch last time. What? Oh. What? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it'll count or, yeah, I don't know. You might need to. Well, anything, anything goes nowadays. <laughs> you, you fancy it, dude? You, you I, fancy I can give it a go. You're a trooper, go. girl. Oh, you are dear. a real trooper. Oh, I better keep this up, though. What, what, we, what are you, you going to we do? We were joking about it. <laughs> I was joking about it. So no, listen, you said told me to do it. So <laughs> spent a week doing this. <laughs> okay, so what are you going to do it on? Um, I've. I've, I've <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, 60 seconds on, on 180 days around the world. Okay. All right. Here we go then. So, Great. Laura Massey-Pugh, round the world record cyclist, tandemist, 60-second CPD on 180 days around the world, starting now. So, there are big hills between Germany and Czechia. The Danube is blooming massive in Austria. You can't get a hotel for love nor money in Slovakia. Hungary is very hospitable and cultural. Romania is rural and friendly. Bulgaria is beautiful and rustic. Getting a beer in Turkey is really tricky. Um, eggy boats in Georgia might be the best food known to mankind. India is incredibly indescribable and the cesp is selfie, selfie, selfie. Thailand is full of smiles and 7-Elevens. Malaysia is fraught with motorcycle danger and fried chicken. Singapore is like nowhere else. Australia <laughs> is massive and has more dead kangaroos than live ones and lots of pies. New Zealand is amazing, but it's angry drivers. Canada is even bigger than Australia and everything is extreme. Mountains, lakes, weather, French, and they've got dogs behind invisible fences. Portugal was really pleased to see us. Spain is so Spanish that you need to know Spanish. France is the land of pizza vending machines and small coffees. Belgium has <laughs> has angry policemen and even more cobbles than you'd expect. Not sure about Holland, it was dark, and we were very happy to have a German sausage and even happier to see the Brandenburg Gate. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. That's I've got brilliant. a bit of a cold, so I think like, I was really? out of breath there. <laughs> I think that was the best 60-second CPD we have ever, I, ever had. 
But you had some really good ones in between, we, we have, you know. We have. Yeah. I don't, I don't oh, see that like People were really up to their game, and I was like, oh, no, really, really oh, good. no. <laughs> I do, I, I, do you know, make, that in, make that into a poem, and that is on the frontispiece of your book. <laughs> That's, that is superb. We've, went, we've we've talked to you for nearly an hour and a half now, and we could have just done it all in a minute. <laughs> exactly. We could have yeah. done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, thought, I didn't want to break that to you at the end, but yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm so sorry, Laura. We've put you through all of this. Now, we, we, we almost didn't ask you. We're, we're both thinking, is it, is it fair to ask about Susan? For heaven's sake, she's cycled 18,000 miles. She's already done. 60 seconds CPD. Oh, I'd 180 days to think about it. She's going to say, I'm so glad we asked you. There's no way I'm going to. Well, well, <laughs> d- doubly, trebly, quadruply in all. Really? It, it's it's just as well. It's just as well I did a certificate, just in case. Oh, goodness. But, yeah, imagine if you hadn't. That would have been embarrassing. That, I, I, that I, would have been I would have had to find the previous one, wouldn't I? But here we go. Certificate of Circumperambulations. Oh. And it says, I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bike. Fantastic. Which you must have had on your mind all the time, mustn't you? Yeah, every definitely. single moment, every single day. I want to ride my bicycle. Probably not, Julia. Yeah, yeah. No, we came in singing We Are the Champions, so. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Brilliant. And, and then I couldn't think of anything more fitting than just a series of bicycle photos. So here's, yeah. here's a photo of a, of a bike on a porch in Malaysia. Are those goats? Yeah. Yeah, they're goats, very fitting. again, yeah. on the porch of Malaysia. This is a bike uh, parked next to an upside-down house in Brighton. That could be Australia, though, because it's upside-down. It could be. Yeah. I was thinking that. Uh, this is a bike uh, parked outside. Um, well, that's your house, isn't it? This, well, this is my house. Yeah, This is this is, this is Batal Montrachet in France. Really, mm-hmm. really nice Avignon, mm-hmm. France. Uh, I'd like to say it was my bike, but I, um, I, did, I, I, I walked there from the... Uh, taxi and um, staggered out again afterwards this is this is a, a bike uh, parked outside a homebrew shop in greece yeah that would be it. that's 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 on the to-do list i think yeah, yeah yeah and this is this is how i imagined your tandem probably looks because <laughs> that's not offensive at all to me no, no i thought not i thought not <laughs> so sorry to, to, to i can to mute listen. him or kick him out if you like laura right? yeah. I, I thought I'm hiding behind a bit of paper and a computer and several hundred miles. I can't um, believe but, you've done but that. For, for, the, for the listeners, I've just shown a highly offensive picture of me riding a bike with um, with my, my daughter on a, a pull-along bike strapped along behind it. And so, now, two-year-old daughter said, on a tag-along having bike. Said that, having said that, that was really hard work. And actually, I don't believe the tandem would have been any easier than <laughs> well, I was pedalling too, so hopefully it. I was going to say, Julian, Julian, no, Julian, no, Julian no. I'm going to get yeah. you out of this hole because yeah, I think what you? you've got to understand here is that when you ride a tandem, mm-hmm. you've got two people. You've got a pilot, and you've got somebody called the stoker, or rear admiral, or rear admiral. I've got a joke stokers. about that. Sorry, carry on. Carry and the, on. the yeah. power and the drive comes from the person on the back seat. Oh yeah, and it didn't. It didn't hear. I, yeah. I think listening to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bearded one was on the front doing the steery bit, and Laura was the stoker. I will admit that my two-year-old on the back did have her hands on the brake all the time. Probably because she was scared of the speed you were going. 
But Laura doesn't have four. brakes. She has to rely on her partner to control the, the speed. I'm going wrong the there, haven't I? Right, show us the last picture. The, the last picture is, well, there are only two of you on the bike, weren't there? But here's, here's a picture of a Greek family on a moped. Oh, our record uh, was five on a bike, by the way, in India. Was it? On a moped, not a yes. push bike. Well, the, the picture I couldn't find was, um, I've been searching hours for it today. The, the best picture I could come up with, because we're, we're, whenever we're in Greece, we, we take pictures of people on our mopeds because they're usually uh, lots of them. My favourite picture is uh, a Greek priest with a young child on his knee holding a full-sized inflatable crocodile, a young woman behind him and a fairly elderly woman behind her holding two really full bags of shopping. Wow. I mean, that was, that was great. <laughs> Our most popular tweet was um, we spotted somebody literally carrying the kitchen sink on their bike. Really? Oh, uh, really? Yeah, classic. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That, that, was, that was very insulting, Laura, and I had no intention of making it insulting. <laughs> I've heard it all before. Um, he, had, he had no idea. I, That's the sad thing, I, isn't I go, it? I go back to my first statement, which is I am absolutely in awe of... of of you, of Stevie, of the project you did and achieved. And and I'm going to leave it to Mike to sum it up because he has the words and I've just lost them. I, I, think, I think you've just done it beautifully there. I think <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad you come back, Laura, to, to see us and to share this amazing yeah, thank journey. Thank you. And I have, Veterinary Ramblings have been cheering me on along the way. So I have appreciated that. I have. We, we have indeed. And uh, well, you're not one fan. I'm stunned that you actually bothered listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of downloads. No, I think it, it's. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Oh, and I still had some CPD hours to get into. So. <laughs> well, there we go. Okay, we'll send you a whole load of, of CPDs, download certificates, and you send them off to the RCVS. I'm sure they'll fight, say it's fine. They will. They will. <laughs> I'm yeah. waiting for somebody to actually do that and get, get the tick in the box. You know, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, I mean, from the CPD, I'm not going to wrap it at this point in time because to do proper CPD, we need a reflection question. Mm, yeah, so. Do you have a reflection question? I didn't question quite for? get round to that bit. Can I, can I, can I suggest one? If you if you say it enough and you write it down and you fix your goals, then you can achieve them. And I think you are the embodiment of actually doing that. 180 days all the way around the world on a tandem, self-supported, a new Guinness World Record, fingers crossed they ratify that. But that started with a dream and a goal and you've seen it through yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, so just reflect on that thing that you'd quite like to achieve whatever it is write it down share it with your friends and then work on a plan to go and achieve it yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's excellent isn't it oh. thank you very much <laughs> Laura Guinness World Records are one thing You've not only just clawed this Guinness World Record, you've also been raising money for charity, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've done pretty so, well with that, I think. Excellent. So how do people tap into the charity? Is it just via stellatandem.com? Yeah, the so the website's probably the easiest way, and then it's okay. split between our... You can divide your 
donation up to three no three charities which are vet life mind and sustrans um so if you go on our website there's a big thing saying click here to donate to our charities they'll straight, take you straight to the just giving page fantastic well what what we need to do then is um on veterinaryramblings.com and on our stuff we'll put a link across to stellatandem.com so that people can get in onto the just giving and if you feel inspired by what you've heard tonight and i i defy you not to be inspired by what you've heard on this episode then please just log in onto onto stellatandem.com follow the link and put a donation put some cash in a tin and let's raise some money for some well-deserving um, charities there that uh, Laura supported. It's very easy to do. Very easy. I'm doing it now. Brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Jim. So there we go. So, so StellaTandem.com. And with that, Stella. No, with that, Laura. <laughs> Some people did call us Stella. That was a bit unnerving. <laughs> Stella, fueled by Stella. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a oh. Belgian Belgian alcohol, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Like possibly the Belgian beer. Other, <laughs> other other beers other beers are available <laughs> other beers are available yeah probably yeah <laughs> on that on that note Laura can I thank you so much for coming in tonight on that bombshell on that bombshell it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure seeing you again and if you feel inspired don't forget to click like share tell your friends about this and do subscribe because it really does help on behalf of Veterinary Ramblings raise a glass to you there Chapeau, and may your dog go with you, Laura. Your dog go with you. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.